Hello, and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we dive deep into Albo's most besieged work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. And we are back. And uh, it feels like it's been ages to us, but I'm sure to you listeners, it's gone by in the blink of an eye. Um, we're back to talk about Duress 12.4, uh, which, uh, yeah. if you recall, picks up right from 12.3, where Blake said, hey, let's burn the house down. Well, he didn't say exactly that, but he thought it. Um, <laughs> uh, and now he says exactly that. And uh, as expected, everyone realizes and, and tells him immediately how terrible of an idea this is. I don't know what I expected. Maybe it was just because I've had like, you know, two weeks basically from from my perspective to sit on this and try and figure out mm. what he what his, you know, cunning plan was. And yeah. then it, then he sort of just lays it out at the side of this chapter and I was like, oh, of course, this is Blake. Like, what was I thinking? Of course, yeah. the plan goes as far as, I don't know, let's burn some shit. Yeah, exactly. The plan is basically, hey, we've got nothing better to do. Maybe we should light a fire. And that's it. Um <laughs> And I it mean, says something that this is the best possible plan that they have currently. Yeah, and, and I mean, it, you know, at least he's running it by them. You know, uh, five True. arcs ago, uh, I could totally have seen Blake just running off to light a fire uh, when yeah, it was just him but... and Rose. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can, well, you know, at least he's sort of saying, hey, here's an idea. Mm. It doesn't really seem like I'm going to back down from it, but at least I'm telling you all before I go ahead and do it anyway. And, um... I mean, not to say that this is definitely what's happening, but I get the sense he couldn't implement this plan by himself anyway. So maybe isn't as much a, I have to tell them because it's the right thing to do so much as, well, it's just not going to happen unless I get at least one person on board. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Yeah. So immediately everyone basically starts arguing about whether this is a good plan, you know, plan in air quotes, whether this is a good plan or not. Um, And it seems like... Nobody really thinks it's a good plan, but they kind of recognise they don't have any options, and so maybe just lighting a fire will do something. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to jump in here and quickly say um, there's so much, like, fantastic banter, and it's all really condensed in this bit. Like, Evan, Green Eyes, Peter, Eva, they're all amazing. So there was just too much to pull out, so uh, I'm just doing this blanket statement here. It's like... I. I don't know if it's because we were away for a bit and I'd forgotten how great Pact is, but like this felt like some of the the funniest, you know, conversation and banter that we've had in the story so far. Mm, that's interesting. It didn't jump out as especially better than normal, but I do I did think it was great. So I feel like it is just a bit of I, we've I, been away from the story for two weeks. <laughs> and you, you yeah, kind of maybe. Think in I, head, I just think this this is the first it, time that we've had so many um of these groups together and like like, this whole chapter is (laughs) just this conversation with all these people who've been funny individually and i think now they're sort of all taking turns and playing off of each other and it 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 was really great yeah ava ellie peter and evan all kind of bounce off of each other in very good ways not to mention tiff alexis tyler whatever right um yeah and old blakey boy himself well and green eyes bounces off evan in a that's true (laughs) concerningly good way uh yeah yes um, no, it is great. It, it, there, there are some real top quality bands, uh, in this chapter. Um, I want to call out Peter, especially because he's like, we get this other beat. We kind of touched on this, you know, in the earlier chapters, but we get this beat again of him just being really good at reading people. Hmm. He, he basically, uh, reads the, the kind of muted responses of Alexis, Tiff and Ty to what Blake says to, to point out that they think that he's insane. And, and Blake's like, oh, you think you know my friends better than me? And Tyler's like, uh, he's, he's totally right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I love Peter. He's so he's so a right fit for this world. Mm. Well, and he's great. He's a great character to have in this segment of the story where we're potentially dragging a whole lot of new people uh, into this again because his natural uh, talent for this stuff lets us sort of skip over a bunch of exposition because Peter can just kind of quickly figure it out um, and just explain what he's worked out. And then also, you know, we get to see him like hear force truths out of people or, or, you know, sort of even the playing field a bit with his natural talent. Like it's, it's sort of a a good way to, it's a nice fresh way of us seeing a bunch of new people get brought into this world. Yeah. Um, It actually makes me think, do we know yet why Granny Rose only wanted female heirs to carry on the line? My understanding from way back, like, I don't think this has really been touched on since Arcs 2 or 3, uh, was mm. that a lot of these families were just sort of gender-oriented uh, kind of because immortal others get confused otherwise. Like, it's just... Right. It, it's just sort of that the Thorburn line is female, um, and, you know, so presumably the first uh, Thorburn Diabolist was maybe a, a female, and, and it just sort of has carried on like that um yeah but obviously that, that doesn't apply to things like behames as far as we know um well, we know a lot of the behame leaders have just seemed to be male although that doesn't seem to be explicitly a rule yeah exactly they could just be old-fashioned um but yeah i so i don't know that that's sort of the assumption we were presented with early in the story yeah i just like Peter, and I think he would be a great heir. <laughs> Although maybe he's a bit too willing to do bad shit for what Granny Rose kind of wants to happen. Yeah, I'm still not really willing to speculate too hard on what I think Granny Rose was expecting to get out of this whole fucking mess. Um, <laughs> I guess, hopefully we'll get a bit more info on that soon. Fair enough. Um, another thing to point out is we get our first seeds of Blake kind of intuiting things uh, from his friends here. Which, obviously, later we find out why that exists, but it's something that I didn't catch on, on because, you know, I didn't reread the story, but now that we've... Re- or I didn't reread the story chapter by chapter, I should say. Mm. Now that we are doing that, it's a lot easier to catch. Blake actually seems to notice things about his friends more, um, presumably because he's inferring meaning from Alexis, which I like. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't noticed that, but um, once you said it, like I did, sort of go through, and, and I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's a good point. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I also wanted to pull out this this one quote because I, I sort of mentioned, like I think in this chapter we we hear a bit from everyone, and one of the few exceptions to that really is is Catherine. Um, but she has one mm. line sort of early in this segment where um, Blake sort of says, "Rose is gone, and you guys are like I said, nobody wants to be the one to tell you, hey." Magic is real, so your human shields, Catherine said. Basically, I answered. She nodded. And um, <laughs> I just wanted to pull this out because later on we see her kind of crumble again and, and just kind of not cope with this world. And I like that really the only... This is one of the few times we've seen her not be completely inept when it comes to this stuff, and it's when the concept of just using people as human shields comes up. Uh, and I think yep, that's very classic. intentional. Classic Catherine. The only thing she understands so far is using people <laughs> as human shields. Um, I mean, she she's one of the few. We've already talked about how, you know, we're seeing the, I want to say good, but maybe maybe I should be more realistic and just say useful uh, parts mm. of, like, Peter and, and, and Ellie and, and, and even Callan, uh, you know, RIP. But mm. Catherine is really the one who I still feel like she's just here. 
she she hasn't really she hasn't seemingly had much to offer so far um she did take out that clockwork man so maybe that's unfair but um yeah she's done the odd thing but she's she seemed to be the one that is struggling with this the most yeah yeah exactly like even compared to most of the kids yeah definitely um it's interesting i i quite like about this chapter that we do get a chance for people to bounce off of each other more um i think Cal- uh, Catherine and christoph are the two exceptions to that but i like the uh, ellie and the roxanne beats that we get through this chapter yeah yeah me too um so in order to kind of shut everybody up blake yells at them and then says okay everybody can say one thing or ask one question and i'm gonna go first and i'm gonna do two and he does uh <laughs> explaining who he is and then kind of talking about why he wants to do the fire um which, yeah, it's two things. And almost nobody sticks to this, you can only do one thing kind of proposal, but it does get people to shut up and pay attention. So I guess that's good. Yeah, I mean, they don't stick to the letter of the law, but um, they follow the general spirit of it, which, you know, classic practitioner. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I really like this because I, I, I guess we've already sort of said this, but I feel like this chapter is basically just about showing us where our motley group of people is at like we sort of stop and and through them planning we kind of and and through this idea of blake's of letting everyone have a turn we do kind of get to see where everyone's at um Mm. and i think that's going to be really useful as we go ahead presumably with operation like drain drop Um, (laughs) is that what we're calling it (laughs) but uh, operation abyss tunnel yeah exactly uh so i mean certain characters obviously dominate more than others but i mean that that makes sense i i like that we get to see at least a little bit from everyone uh yeah moving forward like it's a nice it's an this has been an action-packed arc so far and it was pretty crazy at the end of the last one too so it's yeah it's good to sort of even in the middle of this have this sort of still tense scene that lets us regroup a bit yeah, it's interesting. This chapter, I mean, 12.1 was kind of this, but it didn't really have a, a super strong lull at the start of a chapter because they were obviously already deep in the shit. Um, so this is this is our first chance to really catch our breath since the interlude. Uh, yeah, when people were still running around in 12.1, this is everybody is gathered here now. And it's yeah. like, okay, let's let's all get together and, and figure this shit out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, Blake talks about the fire plan and and kind of justifies his reason for it. The reasoning being that uh, if making you know the Bahames, the Duchamps, and, and Johannes nervous about the fire will will kind of mean that they come to check it out and then they'll be vulnerable, um, or that they will have to make a move to put the fire out to prevent it from freeing Barbatorum, which is obviously the the worst case scenario for everybody here. Um, <laughs> and and look, this fire plan it's not. It's it's not terrible. It, I it's definitely the best plan they have at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I was actually kind of sold by the angle of the whole, you know, pushing this game of chicken, and, and even potentially the idea of trying to, you know, nab some some people when they come out to do whatever they might need to do to to end the game of chicken. Yeah. So I agree. There's actually some some fairly underlying logic, and it's classic Blake you know, coming up with this logic sort of after he's made the plan, like he follows his instincts with the plan <laughs> and then sort of justifies it retroactively. Yeah. Although here he's he's doing that, you know, a, one step a little bit different because he's doing his retroactive justification before doing it, um, yeah. which, you know, in the business is called deciding a plan. Um, yeah, it's character growth. For <laughs> he actually justifies his plan beforehand. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And look, it's a fine idea. I mean, I think there are points about it that need to be elaborated on. Like, they don't really have a way to stop the fire from damaging, you know, Barbie's room or anything else that they really care about. They don't, uh, they don't have a way to not get burned alive yet. So that's obviously a big no-no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got some strong points, but also has some, some weak points, right? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously the big concern is being able to control the fire. Like, you need a fire that's yeah. big enough that everyone else will be able to see it, but not big enough that you lose control of it very easily in a wooden house. Um, yeah, and, 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 and it needs to be big enough as well that they actually see it as a valid threat, right? Yeah. Like, if it's a fire that you are planning on putting out, I think the people you're up against are going to be strong enough to know, like oh, this is a bluff, like, he's do- he's going to put this fire out because he-, he doesn't want to be fucking shredded by a demon just as much as we do. Although they do have a low opinion of the cabal, so maybe that's not really a problem. Yeah. Shame they, shame they don't have any glamour. I wonder if you can glamour a house fire. Anyway. Interesting, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, and obviously I think the interesting thing about the whole controlling the fire part of the equation is that Blake is also planning on not being there while the fire's gone so he can be out with Corviday causing trouble. Yeah, uh, the dream team, Blake and Corviday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which, again, another weakness of this plan, right? And, and also, if Blake does get whoever comes out to investigate the fire, then that means that they're not going to be able to put it out, which mm. also is a bad scenario, like... Yeah, but, <laughs> but but look, I mean, it's... we're sitting here picking holes in this plan, which is kind of what the the rest of the group, or half of the rest of the group does as well. But yeah. as you sort of pointed out, this is far and away the best idea anyone has all chapter, except maybe till the end, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, Alexis and Tiff have their talking turns next, and, and, and they aren't actually against the plan for its sake. They're against the plan because Blake has come up with it. Mm. Um because they don't trust him enough that him suggesting burning down the house doesn't have ulterior motives in their mind. <laughs> Which, you know, fair enough. It is a pretty wild play. Did, sorry, just, just like, I'll I, I cut back to that in a sec, but did you notice how Blake's list of senior seniority here, mm. he doesn't quite stick to it a, a couple of times, and really it feels much more like a, order of how much blake likes people <laughs> yeah i did what, notice that did that drop well. out to anyone else yeah it's kind of like, like you know he gets people like green eyes and it's like yeah okay technically sure but like he's just asking green eyes before his cousins because he doesn't think she's a piece of shit um no because she actually yeah. has anything more meaningful to contribute i even think it's he's kind of asking them in the order that he hopes that they'll agree with him so that he has like a strong base <laughs> yeah and it doesn't work because uh, alexis and tiff don't agree with him because they can't uh yeah actually that's a good point too um yeah uh but, but yeah so so going back there's as you said there's, there's a alexis and tiff sort of imply that they can't entrust blake and they won't say why and i mean yeah because you know we just had the whole thing where alexis was going to let blake possess her so i thought she yeah. she did trust him but now there's clearly on some level that she doesn't trust him and and then like tiff and ty immediately are like yep she's correct uh, yeah, I, and I mean, this is a beat that's hit multiple times this chapter. I feel like we're we're heading for something next chapter. Um, mm. I hope I hope so. I just want to know. Um, <laughs> we're, we're teased so hard this chapter. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I might regret saying this, but I feel like the abyss w- would be helpful in squeezing it out of them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, yeah, because we've obviously hit this beat twice this chapter, um, and we'll hit it more. We also hit have hit it 
earlier in this arc, and I think last arc as well, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it seems like it's building up, though. It seems like it's coming to a head. Uh, I'm curious what you think is going on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to center around this idea I've been talking about, about how he and Rose can maybe continue to shift uh, the amount of humanity or otherness or mirrorness uh, between them a bit, maybe, or, Mm. you know, they're sort of fighting for one person's worth of personhood. Uh, Just because I still still really like that theory because I think it ties in really well to everything Blake's going through with choosing his otherness and stuff and and will complement his whole idea of self-sacrificing, you know, how much is he willing to self-sacrifice for Rose, um, especially with all mm. the promises he made to her in Arc 3 uh, about helping her yeah, find true. a body. Uh, lucky he doesn't have to stick to those anymore, right? <laughs> um, I mean, doesn't he? Well, I don't know how sure we are about clear. stuff like that. But, he um, keeps, that's the thing. Blake keeps saying, anytime it's brought up, yeah, I can't lie, but everyone else is, doesn't take that as true they kind of act like he can lie right like the junior council acted like that and it seems like rose and, and the cabal are acting like that too um which i maybe. find quite funny yeah yeah maybe i mean it comes back to that whole thing about how we sort of talked about how the the people who can lie are often the ones who are telling the truth um yeah. like blake, blake maybe he can lie but he hasn't really tried to um yeah true so yeah i don't know i i did have like a a, a very tinfoil thought at one point about um just just the way alexis reacted to some of it i didn't know if it really fit into this this secret of the whole humanity thing so i wondered if maybe rose's way of pushing out some of the conquest energy is pushing it onto blake um mm. I, I, I don't know I, I'd, I'd want to go th- back through arcs 10 and 11 and see if the points where blake felt more conquesty were maybe points where rose was feeling less of a dick um but uh yes yeah, so I, I don't know i don't know if i really stand by that but it was just something that jumped out to me um as a potential mm. thing based on the way alexis reacts to some of it interesting i like that a few interesting theories and we'll see how they go i suppose um it's worth pointing out you know we we don't always uh give props to blake but he does deserve some good props for how actually chill he manages to not be, but at least present himself as uh, in the face of this. Um, th- this, I think, is the most frustrating thing I've ever heard. Uh, and <laughs> the fact that he's not flipping out at them, uh, or not at this moment, he has done it once or twice before. The fact that he doesn't flip out at them at this point is is, is big props to Blake, I think. Yeah, I mean, this is one of his worst nightmares, effectively. Um, not not being trusted and having secrets kept to him from these three, um, especially Alexis. So I, I think he remains remarkably calm given his boogeyman nature and also what's he, what he's going through. Mm. But obviously the biggest props come for, for what happens next. Uh, yes. So Blake uh, basically reveals to Alexis, as, as he figures it out, um, there's no secret here, he reveals to Alexis as he figures it out that he's able to glean basically emotional insight into what she's thinking and feeling based on the spirit that he gave her. Um, so he can tell when she's saying something that, that a certain word carries additional importance from her and kind of potentially use that to figure out what's going on. So he thinks that ethically it's the right thing to do to reveal this, um, which it is. Mm-hmm. And Alexis is upset with him, quite upset. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what a fucking champ, like, uh, admitting to this, because 
Well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, if I was in this situation, I don't know if I would have been able to do that. I feel like I'd need yeah. to know so bad. I'm dying to know about this secret uh, about Blake, and I'm not even Blake. So, like, yeah, I, I, I was very impressed. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, this is a big, like, <laughs> this is a big moment of Blake being uh, good-hearted about this, right? And, like, playing very fair, Um and Alexis gets, in my opinion, a bit unfairly angry at him, considering that he didn't know this would happen, and as soon as he figured it out, he told her immediately. Like, I don't know. Alexis... Blake... 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 Blake sorry. Blake basically says that he thinks that this is something that Alexis feels violated and angry enough at that it will forever damage their relationship, which to me is a strong reaction from Alexis on this. Well, you know, she's full of drain spirits. Who can blame her? Um, yeah, but, fair enough. No. She's not used to it as much as Blake is, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Handles His Emotions has got it under control. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I do kind of get it. Because, like, I, I, you know, it, it's sort of an ongoing uh, violation, basically. And, and even though it was an accident and he, he's owning up to it, it's still going on right now. And I can see why that would bother her even if it maybe isn't fair it's like that would be really awful um mm. from her perspective so i i, I kind of get it uh it feels a bit shoot the messenger to me i get that it's uh not a great situation to be in but mm. i mean that the reason that that spirit is inside you alexis is because you were literally probably going to die without <laughs> it yeah it, yeah no true like, if she has more time to think on it i think she'll probably be in a better position to forgive him but as it's going on i can understand why she's uh, pretty pretty hurt about the whole thing. I, mm, I do think one, one interesting thing here is um, we, we've seen Blake use his sympathetic magic on things before, but it's usually mm. been, say, on like mirror counterparts of things to, to move both or whatever. This is one of the yep. first times we've seen him put a spirit in something in the real world and essentially he's been getting feedback. Um, so, you know, she sounds clearer. Now we find out he's sort of getting even more info. Presumably it's kind of like the spirit inside of her is you know, acting like a bit of a mole or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's just sort of an interesting revelation about what he can do with this this sort of stuff. Like, you know, could he stick spirits in inanimate objects in the real world and, and have them give him some sort of feedback on what's going on, you know? I, I yeah, know. like listen through them. Or even if he's able to swing it, sneak some spirits into a, you know, a Sandra Duchamp or a whoever. Um, and, and get some intel that way. I mean, it it feels like it would be a difficult thing to do, but if 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 this is the result, it could be quite useful. Yeah, I mean, Ty immediately noticed something was up with Alexis when she got gone. Yeah, so, true, true. Um, I, I don't know, but, but yeah, I mean, exactly. It feels like this opens up a lot of potential new avenues for Blake to use this this technique on things in in the real world and and get something back from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. So that's Blake and Alexis's, sorry, Alexis and Tiffany's uh, turn. Ty has a quick turn, uh, but then we get to Evan, who basically suggests an alternate plan here, which is going out onto the rooftop, uh, because, well, it's kind of an auxiliary plan, an, an augmentation to the fire plan. Um, go out to the roof, light a fire, get out there, chill out there for a bit. When the whole fire thing dies down, then we can come back inside and we'll be back and safe inside the library. Um... Solid plan by Evan. Uh, it kind of gets... Sh this This plan gets shelved, uh, but I don't know. I think it's a pretty good idea. Is it, though? Because they, they seem to imply they can't use the window into the library for various reasons, mm. so they have to go out mm. the door and find a window nearby. And, like, getting out the door is ca kind of the whole thing. 
So mm. I, I don't really know if it helps. Like, I, I mean, especially yeah. in retrospect of what sort of Peter brings up later and with the whole, like, how do we get out of the library and, and, and stuff like it, it doesn't really fix the, the main part, the main problem they have with implementing this plan, which is they can't really get anywhere to go anywhere. Uh, yes, that's fair. I would say this uh, rooftop suggestion it gives me the same vibe as the fire plan overall where it's like hey here's a seed of a thing and if we can kind of stick it together with enough other seeds we'll figure out a way to make it work um, yeah that's true and the rooftop is another seed like it obviously has a bunch of problems yes but it's it's some possibility of of a uh, solution you know yeah sure um yeah i like it uh but of course it's not ridiculous enough for blake to fully get behind it so <laughs> can't do it um yeah, and in fact, I mean, obviously, the other part of, of what Evan talks about a lot in this chapter, it was more so earlier on, but um, I just wanted to talk about it here, is the the whole idea of, um, well, I've written for Evan, like Phoenix and Evan combined, but that for works, Evan. Lot, that works a lot. I was wondering what that word meant. <laughs> it works a lot better on paper than it does in audio, I've realized, which, you know, great for podcasting. <laughs> does it? Um, fe- it also doesn't work super well on paper, I have to say. Okay. Well, what, if, what if I do this? Yeah. Now it, just, uh, now it just looks like faux Evan, like it's a Vietnamese yeah, dish. Like he's a noodle, um, yeah. Okay, look, the point is, we're talking about Phoenix Evan. Um, I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board on, on a catchy name for it. But um, the the idea of elements in Pact, you know, the, the, the five elements of Pact, essentially, um, has really mm. sort of been trickled to us. Like, it, it's never really hit the forefront, forefront but it's been, it's been, you know, discussed at various points in the story. Like, I remember Isadora seemed to think that Blake wasn't wind, um, even though he was the Joker, and that's traditionally wind. And I think I think we can kind of safely say he's probably wood um, at, th- at this point. Um, <laughs> yes, that seems fair. And so I just thought that was interesting, because if, if we're talking about Evan becoming fire, um, and these two are obviously so close, you know, they were familiar or familiars at, at one point to each other. Um, still got my fingers crossed that can happen again. Um mm. I think that that's really interesting talking about like how these two interact because you know like I think the first thought you sort of have when you think oh if one's fire and one's wood you know fire is super effective against grass so that's not good for yeah. for Blake if um, we're doing Pokemon rules yeah yeah but I mean I I don't know like, like if you think on it a bit more that there are, there are lots of trees like and I know eucalyptus trees do this um where they they actually rely on fire to sort of plant their new or you know to sprout their new seeds um and and, you know fire can sort of symbolize rebirth as much as it does destruction um and i think that that's that's maybe more apt given evan as well as blake's uh you know aliveness situations Mm. so i don't know maybe fire evan will be able to help blake be rebirthed a bit more um is my potentially overly optimistic take on what that could symbolize but I, I don't know it's something i'm gonna keep an eye on going forward if if you know fire evan does happen because it seems it seems like it could be you know pretty relevant yeah it's interesting i i wonder where the part that the the wood part of blake comes from right as in is that something that is based on his spirits or is it the fact that he kind of already fit, fit into that box a bit and so that's the kind of spirits that he attracted to reinforce it so i i, I think it's the latter um mm. and, and i don't i'd have to go back and read i think the most we talked about this was probably when those dolls from the the sisters of yeah. the torch were attacking yeah. um back in toronto from memory we talked a bit about how metal was replacing wood um yes. so in some ways wood represents the you know out of date element yeah exactly um which 
Well, Blake has kind of passed his expiration date, right? That kind of makes sense to me. Well, that's fair. Um, I mean, also, you, you could argue wood is something that has been maligned by the current system. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a resource that is abused, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, so so maybe the whole the whole idea of wood wanting to fight against the system, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about what wood is meant to symbolize, especially currently now that it's sort of a dying element. I'd want to go back and read yeah. to theorize a bit more, but, uh, you're right. That, that in it, in and of itself is something to, to think about moving forward. Um, I mean, I, I think obviously wood, wood symbolizes like, you know, there's all sorts of things to do with trees, like, you know, growth and, and life and all that. So I, I kind of also can see it as like, like a building block, like it's a, it's a raw material, uh, yeah. to be shaped right and that kind of feels quite blakey to me um yeah, yeah yeah or like a tool yeah interesting interesting um we've gone off track <laughs> yeah i'm interested Sorry, to uh, see how how faux evan as he's called and uh scary tree continue to interact as uh well uh, you know we we, we haven't seen faux evan <laughs> but um as uh as blake becomes more and more wooden i guess yeah yeah absolutely and just this elemental stuff in, in general is something i'd be fascinated to learn more about um also quickly yep. wanted to shout out the one bit where um alexis kind of shits on eva um for only being a problem except when there's a fight going on you know it's kind of like uh, unless like we need you to kill something you're kind of just an issue yeah and uh, i mean this this kind of clearly hits a nerve um yeah and we don't know too much about eva's backstory but you could definitely like i can definitely picture i think this has made some bits click into place for me like this is probably how she views herself i think this would probably be one of her insecurities especially with the relation to andy who i i mean we all know has kind of had to accept the burden of responsibility for her and i think even she's probably aware of how much of a burden that is for him so um yeah i i'm uh, that's another thing i want to track going forward is i, I think this is maybe a, a big part of eva's character that uh is finally clicking for me and i'm interested to see it moving forward yeah i get that but uh i can't feel too bad for her i mean thinking hey i'm only good in a fight it's kind of a it's kind of a fixed mindset way of thinking about it rather than thinking like okay but why don't i work on not being so shitty to everybody all the time and then maybe i'll be better at some of the other stuff too yeah i mean that's fair she's only what 21 or something i don't know maybe she'll get there yeah yeah true i it's i kind of forget how young everyone is or the most of the main characters are in this story hey (laughs) yeah true um Look, I wasn't even good in a fight when I was 21, so she's beating me. <laughs> yep, Some would say I'm still not. Uh, anyway, so uh, the other Thorburns basically all get their chance to ask questions, and <laughs> they're all kind of asking questions to try and understand stuff, um, basically to understand how fucked they are, and the answer is very... Yeah, I think Ellie has the best question, which is, this is fucked. Yeah, that's all she needs to know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, she, no. she she pretty much doesn't yeah. bother to ask anything. She's just like, yeah, so we're pretty much all fucked. And, and, and you know, again, we talked about how we're getting little insights into everyone. And I like that Ellie's basically in the point where she's just like, I don't even fucking know. I just know we're screwed and I'm just along for the ride, I guess. Yeah, um, which is correct, Ellie. Good job. Uh, Ellie clearly <laughs> has the most understanding of this situation. Um, yeah, they all kind of ask different things to try and figure out you know, because I, I think it's fair to say they don't really have enough knowledge of the situation to be able to come up with useful plans. Um, so they're trying to get that knowledge, but 
uh, they just don't don't even. There's no time for them to get to that level. No, I think it's why they were left for last, along with Blake not liking them. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, again, just to sort of touch on them all, I think Catherine goes right to blaming Blake for this whole situation, mm-hmm. uh, which is just so pointless and kind of validates every shit thing he thought about her a few chapters ago. <laughs> um, her turn basically gets subsumed by Peter asking relevant questions and like, nobody nobody sort of questions it. Uh, she yeah. sort of secedes her turn. Um, uh, Roxanne only seems interested in finding out about the whole not being able to lie bit, which is, like, oddly concerning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so not relevant to the situation, <laughs> but it's clearly, like, she's still thinking about how can I actually become you know, a part of this world and is it something that I want to do? It, it's such a, it's such a, not, not just a practical question, but not, not relevant. Like I, I sat there for a good 20 seconds after reading this, trying to figure out where the hell her mind is going with this information. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, uh, you know, as we're getting checkups on, on where everyone's at with Roxanne, I'm still like, man, I don't fucking know what's up with her. <laughs> Who knows what she's up to? Yeah. Um, yeah, so everybody kind of has had a chance to ask their question, and the group is still no closer to really having a good answer for their situation, until Peter kind of starts to prompt some more interesting trains of thought that lead them somewhere. (laughs) Um, I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah, but yeah, uh, good job, Peter. Another beat of him kind of being quite suited to to this. Um, he, He clearly doesn't have enough knowledge to actually suggest answers but he suggests the right questions that get people to the answers so good work pete yeah and it's, it's far from the first time he's even done that like he and blake yeah. have actually made a fairly good team because peter has these trains of thought that lead blake to actually finding uh an answer um, yeah it's happened a few times huh yeah like he has a he has a natural inclination for problem solving basically like he seems to be able to sort of you know reduce it to the base problem which at the moment is we're stuck in the library and just kind of be like, huh, so what are our options for, like, addressing the underlying issue here a bit? Yeah, he makes a good point, which is uh, basically, so there's all this magical shit, but we can't just, like, walk through a wall or, like, teleport a <laughs> short distance. And they're like, oh, yeah, good point, Peter. We probably could figure out a way to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that, of one course, of my prompts... first thoughts was, mm. like, when they started talking about going to the abyss, I was like, didn't... Didn't in Arc Seven? Didn't we go just go to the spirit world? Uh, but then I realised half of the monsters are probably like there too, so it's probably a terrible idea. Yeah. Plus, uh, one of the big threats that they're up against is something that literally controls like paths to and from places. So yes, there's probably some intricacies there. Um, but uh, Blake uh, finds a place that Faisal's probably not going to want to follow them, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, the Abyss. Uh, he kind of realises that instead of uh, pulling Boogeyman up from the Abyss, why not just uh, send them all down? Flawless plan, right? <laughs> this is this is exactly the kind of stupid insanity that makes these, like, the Wild Bow stories so much fun to read. Like, I just read this <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is, this is stupid uh, oh, for them. Yeah. Like, I can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, it really is an escalation on the bad fire plan. Well, but he's not even leaving that behind. That plan's still on the table. Like he's just yep. he, he's you know adding his bad plans together. It's great. No <laughs> bad plan left behind. Yes, he's uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he's not willing to give up on this terrible plan. Even though he is made out of wood, he's like, 
burn it it'll be fine <laughs> um so yeah no this is an interesting and, and an okay plan right you know you take a, a short walk through the shitty dimension and then you get outside and from there you can do whatever you want to do yeah i agree it has some elements of a good plan like it's quite left field nobody's gonna see it coming um i, I assume um <laughs> it, it's it's in theory yeah. achievable um I don't know it seems it seems high risk like it, as I said I think like as as a reader this is very fun uh and I can't I I can't wait to see where this goes especially you know we've had we've had the idea thrown around earlier in the chapter even uh, we, we kind of skimmed over it but uh Tiffany and Ty sort of talked to Blake about how the abyss has you know let him out and they suspect it's because they the abyss wants him to come out and chew up parts of the world. And uh, now he's basically saying, Hey gang, come, come with me into the abyss. (laughs) I know where we'll be safe. Follow me. No. And and the thing I love about this is um, you can see, you you can see and feel, you know, Alexis Tiffin type being like, Ooh, (laughs) this is not better. (laughs) Like we already were worried that you were working, maybe even unintentionally working against us. And this is like, an escalation on that front as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. It just feels like such a high risk plan. Um, I'm interested though, how Blake goes in the abyss. Like, oh, I'm interested in how everyone goes when we get down there, but it, particularly Blake, cause he had those few close, close calls that maybe being sent back down there, um, a couple mm. of chapters ago. Yeah. And, um, we've sort of talked about how we don't think he's really lived up to some of the lessons the abyss seemed to be trying to impart on him. <laughs> Yes, uh, but having said that, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that Ibis would be happy for a bunch of new meat to enter. Well, right? yeah, exactly. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see where Blake stands with the Abyss when he gets down there, alongside uh, what everyone else has to go through. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, definitely. not for them, but for us. <laughs> not even really fun for us. Kind of like interesting, but kind of gross. Right? <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, that's the end of Duress 12.4, though. Wait, before you leave, remember, we are running a discussion question at the moment. Uh, that discussion question is, uh, we're, we're prompting you to create a backstory for a boogeyman based on a local urban legend, local to you. Yes, that's right, you, David. Um, got one. I reckon we got one. <laughs> uh, there are already some great ones going in the Reddit threads for the previous, uh, sh- uh, shows, so, uh, if you want to, uh... If you want to do a nice response, leave it in the uh, discussion thread that will be linked down below. Um, um, we yeah, were originally but, going oh. to read these next chapter in 12.5, but we, we kind of messed up. And since we were away for a while, we forgot to put the <laughs> discussion question in the Reddit thread. So <laughs> we, we, we will give you guys an extra um, an extra episode and we'll get to it in 12.6, which will come out on the 21st. Yeah, so probably by the by the end of Saturday for Americans um, is sort of when, when those would need to be in for, for us to actually see them. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but for today's bonus bit, uh, we're going to do a quick comment deep dive because obviously, you know, all the character work and bad plans discussed in this chapter led to a lot of fun comments uh, popping up. Mm. Yeah, true. Uh, so what have you got for us, Ruben? Uh, yes, I have pulled out a comment by... Fugahajakona, um, and Fugahajakona says, well, this is a, a bit of a simple comment, but uh, kind of elaborated on uh, something that I hadn't realized about this Abyss Tunnel plan. What did you call it? Operation Drain Drop. Yeah. Um, which was that we do know that practitioners do visit the drains, right? And presumably get in and safely get out again, sometimes even bringing back souvenirs. So there is, you know, there is 
precedent for this being able to be possible and for there being rituals to do it. So it kind of uh, legitimizes this plan from just a crazy Blake idea to something that actually other practitioners do, which which is slightly reassuring, I think. Yeah, um, and, and I think because there's no reason to believe that this isn't super common because it's difficult, but rather it, it's uncommon because it <laughs> it's just kind of dumb. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, uh, I think mechanically there's no reason to believe that it's not achievable for, for our group. Yeah, um, even Mrs. Lewis did it to come down and just deliver a message to Blake that she totally didn't need to do. Um, and she's a character that we obviously like and all want to emulate, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure it will go fine. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a good role model. Um, <laughs> so I've pulled out a comment, uh, it's, it's actually talking about some similar stuff. Um, uh, it's talking, it's talking about other facets of the plan I hadn't thought about. Uh, it's by mm. Mond Semmel. And I think we've pulled out a number of Mond Semmel comments throughout this podcast. So, yeah. um, yeah, good, good job. Mond Semmel is all, good always work, seems Mon to Semmel. have yep. pretty, um, pretty insightful stuff to talk about. Um, and, and, and so here Mond Semmel just sort of points out that Blake, lost track of time a bunch in the drains you know we thought he was down there for a little bit and he came out and it was like more than a month yeah um and we don't know how much of that was while he was in his sort of uh dream his, like world. memory thing yeah. yeah um and how much was just time might pass differently in the drains um so you know just a factor to consider is you know they might pop into the drains for an hour and come out and it's been a day um which would be hilarious <laughs> or they go in there and it's been like two weeks and the house is burned down and rose is like nowhere to be found um and obviously you know the the, the other thing where blake when he got down there had, had lost access to all his spirits and and the powers of practitioners and we don't know enough about what the other practitioners who journey down into the abyss for bits uh you know yep. do so for all we know that that's an actual concern i guess we'll see um, yeah. it did seem like it, a, it could have been, it could have been, uh, like chomping him. It's kind of yeah. hard to know, right? Exactly. I, I mean, I think at the very least, the abyss seems like somewhere where spirits would have less of an impact. Like, I, I feel like I would be very surprised to learn that, um, the practitioners get down there and it's like nothing's changed for them. I think at the very least their powers will be dulled, like even the site, yeah. because the site is really... Based on what we learned in Corvidae's part 11.x, I think the, the site is basically you being able to tap into how spirits see the world a little bit um, yeah. and see other spirits. And if there's just less spiritual energy in the abyss, um, then it makes sense that that would be dampened. Yeah, definitely. Um, another reason why it's not a great place to visit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yet, it seems like they are... I mean, we don't know for sure that they're going to visit it, but... Um... You know, it's the kind of thing where dropping this at the end of an arc means it's probably going to happen. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, um, end of a chapter. We're not at the end of the sorry, arc, end of we? a chapter, yes. No, that would be a short arc. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are at the end of the chapter, though, and similarly at the end of this episode. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. And uh, if you want to leave your answer to the discussion thread or uh, the discussion question, sorry, or any other thoughts about, you know, Blake's dumb plans or whatever else you want to talk about, uh, the place to do that is in the discussion thread, which will be linked down below in the episode notes. Yeah, and you know, we don't often mention this one, but uh, uh, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, they have review systems and yep. there's um, like algorithms, TM, behind mm -hmm, there that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, affect 
other people basically discovering deep impact and and you know and the, and thus doof in general so uh yep. you know if if you if you could you leave us a review on one of those podcasting platforms that'd be very useful for helping to yeah. spread the word yeah I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly how these algorithms work, but I'm pretty sure that if you do review us on iTunes and give us a good rating, it means that there will one day be a TV show anime adaptation of Pact, which is what we all want, obviously. So uh, just uh, do that. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, we're on Twitter as well. We mentioned this one, at MediaMD Podcast. <laughs> it's where I'm doing the live reads. And those are those are back now um, because, because we're back. So I did one for 12.4. and. When this episode's out, actually, I'll, I'm probably, as you're listening to this, I've probably already started live reading 12.5, uh, if I haven't Whoa. finished it already, depending on how quickly you listen. So, uh, Time yeah. manipulation. Yeah. It's like we've got a behemoth in here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, hop on Twitter and, and, you know, follow us for live reads and news about, uh, you know, the podcast and Doof in general. Yep. Live reads, news, and uh, surprise giveaways. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> well, you uh, won't know if you Media don't MD follow us. If you're looking for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want more info about this show or any of the other great shows on the Doof Media Network, you should head to doofmedia.com, which is where all the great Doof shows live. Um, the new episode of uh, the Doofcast has just come out talking about... Uh, after earth or it might have been out for a few days but i haven't really had a chance to listen to it because i've been away but i listened to it today and it was pretty good so check that out <laughs> i i've never seen that movie do i need to do i need to watch after earth to to listen to the podcast because i don't know if i have I, that in me i don't think the sentence you need to watch after earth is ever a valid sentence <laughs> to say <laughs> okay perfect um and, and i guess the other thing is uh we have one of our doof and chill streams uh coming up on friday Yes. So uh, this one is, uh, we're, we're going to be playing Would I Lie to You? And that one's available for our Doof Dancer and Above patrons. So yes, uh, if I'm you want I'm excited for this one. Yeah, um, I, I I'm, really I'm, I'm pretty hyped. So if you want to hear, you know, all, all of us, uh, you know, it, tell some revealing truths or make up some bullshit lies um, and, and help <laughs> help the audience try and cut through the bullshit, uh, you know, join our patron and, uh, and come along. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, uh, so that will be available for patrons at the $10 and up level. Is that correct, or is it $5? $5. $5 and up. Tricked ya. Um, you can also do $10 and up, or you can even just do $1, but not for the Doof and Chill. Um, to find out more about all the great rewards that you get for being a Doof Media patron, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. Um, even just for a dollar a month, you would be really making a difference to us. And also getting access to the Discord, which is a pretty great perk. So uh, yeah. check it out. Easily the best perk. Um, yeah. and you know, Walbo has a, a, a patron as well, patreon.com slash Walbo. And his tier system is basically, you give him any amount of money from $1 up and he keeps writing mm -hmm. chapters and wait, that's a pretty yep. sick reward. That's also for a, a pretty good perk. Yeah. Yeah. So for even $1 a month, you can help make sure that Walbo keeps writing. Uh, and you know, that's good for everyone. So if you can, please do. Yes, definitely. Um, Apart from that, time for us to, to go off. But don't worry, we'll be back soon with Duress 12.5. And by soon, I mean this Friday, 18th of October. So we'll see you then. See ya. See ya.